Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Podspecs. My name is Brennan Tuma, and you can find me on Twitter, at Too Much Tuma. In case you're new to listening, I wanted to catch everyone up on what's been going on so far. So this is a new show. The idea is mostly to talk about prospects, while also mixing in other fantasy baseball discussions. I want to do a lot of mailbag and listener question episodes as well. During the season, if there ever is a season, the idea would be to come on each week and talk about prospects doing well in the minors, rookies who have just gotten called up, etc. Episodes will always be in the 10 to 20 minute range. I do think that some of the best material for the show will come during an actual season, when there is actual prospect news to discuss. But don't worry, just because MLB is still on a hiatus for now, doesn't mean we don't have things to talk about. For today's episode, I want to give my thoughts on Dynasty and Keeper Leagues in general. I've broken this down into six subsections to discuss areas like how to set up your league, whether to try and win now or win later, and how to make trades in Keeper Leagues. Again, this is just a broad overview. In future episodes, I can go deeper, and if you ever have any questions specific to your league, you can send them over in a mailbag episode. For now, let's get started. Topic 1. Setting up your league. So most Dynasty Leagues have you keep the majority of your roster from season to season. For example, in the Fantasy Pros and Friends Dynasty League, we have 40-man rosters and keep 30 players each spring. Then we draft the leftovers in the previous year's draft class. I'm also in a keeper league where you protect 9 veterans and 4 minor leaguers for your farm team. Yes, that's the one where my dad and I have Wander Franco and I couldn't be happier. Anyways, these are the league formats I'm talking about whenever I refer to Keeper or Dynasty Leagues. It basically has to involve keeping minor league players from year to year. I know a lot of people play in leagues where you can keep Xander Bogarts at the cost of a 6th round pick, or Pete Alonso for a 15th round pick, things like that. While technically Keeper Leagues, the analysis I'm about to give doesn't apply to that structure as much. So if you are thinking about getting into Dynasty Leagues, considering starting one or just want to improve your existing league, I implore you to have everyone pay a year in advance. That's my number one piece of advice for startup. For example, if you are starting a Dynasty League in 2020, you should have members pay for both the 2020 season and the 2021 season to start out. Then, next year, you would pay for the 2022 season and so on and so forth. What this does is decrease the likelihood that someone with a terrible roster simply drops out of the league. I've seen it happen before. Someone goes all in in year one, things don't work out, and they have no young players, then they quit. You don't want that to happen. If someone needs to leave your league for a legitimate reason, this method at least gives you a buffer year to make improvements and find a replacement. Topic 2. Okay, so now that you have your league set up, it's time to draft. I'll be honest, startup dynasty drafts are the most fun. There's so many more factors to weigh than a typical redraft league. The caveat? A mistake doesn't just hurt you for one year. It could hurt for three, five, or even ten seasons down the road. That's why it's so important to go in with a plan. I think the biggest decision you need to make in Dynasty Leagues is whether you want to try and win now or win later. Yes, ideally you will always be balancing the ability to compete in the present, while also having an eye on the future. But from my experiences in Dynasty Leagues, you still want to have a vision. That begins with the initial draft. I've found that most fantasy players tend to overrate the future when it comes to keeper leagues. For example, drafting prospects too early and ignoring veterans who still have several good years left. 
Remember, the goal is to win, but you don't necessarily need to be building a team for three years from now. Prospects don't always work out, and so much changes from season to season. A team that appears loaded with young talent one year might look pretty weak the next. Then an aging team could wind up looking a lot differently if they hit on two or three younger players. Since things can change so quickly, there is more incentive to compete in the present. My advice is to go into a draft trying to win now. Use your early picks on young, established players such as Rafael Devers, Gleyber Torres, Walker Bueller, guys like that. Sit out the first wave of uber prospects. Then, once the core of your starting lineup is set and other teams are beginning to take veterans, dip into the prospect pool and be ready to upgrade your farm system throughout the season with breakout youngsters and with the incoming draft class. Topic 3. Don't worry about what other teams in your league are doing. So this is kind of a simple one, but what I mean by it is not to overreact if someone in your league is hoarding all the prospects, or if someone appears to be building a super team and you think there's no chance you can compete. Things change every year when it comes to fantasy baseball, like I said, and you shouldn't make decisions based off what your league mates are doing. For instance, if you go into a draft or a season planning to win now and find everyone else in your league is doing the same, you don't have to immediately pivot and trade for prospects. At least see how the season starts out. Sure, if there's a market inefficiency and minor league players are going later than they should, then yes, make sure you get some of the top guys. It's important to be perceptive of what the league mates are doing, just don't overreact. Topic 4. When trading in dynasty leagues target teams, not players. And really this is true for all fantasy sports, redraft and keeper formats, baseball and football, etc. One of the hardest questions to respond to on Twitter is, who should I try and get in return for Max Scherzer? Or, what's fair value for Keston Hiera? Here's a scenario of a bad trade offer. Let's say I want Chris Paddock in a dynasty league, and I offer Vlad Jr. for him. On the surface, that's a pretty reasonable deal. But let's say the team I'm offering this to already has two third basemen and basically no starting pitchers. Is it still a worthwhile trade for both parties to make? Absolutely not. This happens all the time in fantasy. When making trade offers, we need to put ourselves in the shoes of the other party and think, does this trade make sense for them? The goal of a trade shouldn't be to rip off the other team. It should be to improve each of your rosters. A better way of going about making a trade would be something like this. Let's say I have Joe Adele on my roster, but I want to win now. Instead of offering Adele to a team that has a specific player I want, my first move should be to go look at teams who are rebuilding, and then see what veterans I would like in return from their roster. This way the trade helps both of us, and it helps your trading relationship down the line. Maybe in the future you'll be rebuilding and this team will have some prospects to trade. Honestly, the etiquette of fantasy trades is a topic I could spend an entire episode on. For now, just remember to target teams, not players. Topic 5. How to approach the supplemental draft. So this depends on your league structure and how many players you keep. For instance, in the league with my dad, we keep 9 veterans and 4 minor leaguers. Compared to a true dynasty league, that isn't many players being kept. So there are some pretty quality options available to draft. Whereas in the Fantasy Pros and Friends Dynasty League, we keep 30 out of 40 players from our previous season's roster. In this format, pickings are slim outside of the previous summer's amateur draft class. 
So depending how your supplemental drafts are set up, my advice is to use it as a way to stock up on the assets you need most. I've mentioned the farm system I have with my dad, Wanda Franco, Adley Rushman, Julio Rodriguez, and Nate Pearson. It's really, really good. Yet we went into our supplemental draft thinking our veterans still gave us a chance to win. And since we didn't need prospects, we felt comfortable letting others draft the top option. So we loaded up on filling out our starting lineup and our pitching staff, and we're going to try and compete. Whereas in the Fantasy Pros and Friends League, my farm system was really weak. Therefore, I spent the draft taking the top draft picks from last summer, such as Rushman and Andrew Vaughn. So trading isn't the only way to reshape your roster in Dynasty. When entering a supplemental draft, identify what your roster is missing and use your draft picks to restock. Topic 6. When all else fails, don't be afraid to completely tear down your roster. So look, the reason so many of us like fantasy baseball is because it gives us the feeling of being an actual MLB general manager. Dynasty leagues take that to the next level, forcing us to balance position groups, draft picks, minor league players, aging veterans, the whole nine yards. I firmly believe that if you have the chance to win now, you should do everything you can to do so, including trading young players, minor leaguers, and future draft picks. After all, the goal is to win, right? However, if your team just isn't able to compete, don't be afraid to go hard on a rebuild. Give yourself one to two years to overhaul everything. It typically isn't such a quick fix. If it was, then you probably never really needed to do a full rebuild in the first place. I mentioned on the introductory episode to this podcast that my dad and I began our rebuild midway through 2007. We then made the playoffs in 2009 and won it all in 2010, and it remains my favorite fantasy championship of all time. We truly felt like how the Cubs eventually felt when they won it all in 2016. Building a roster from the ground up is what makes Dynasty and Keeper League so fun, so don't be afraid to undergo that process. But that'll do it for this episode of Podspecs. I hope you guys like the format of this one, but as always, don't hesitate to reach out with feedback. I'm on Twitter, at TooMuchTuma. I'm thinking next time I'll do a listener mailbag if we can get enough questions. Have a great day, everyone. Stay safe out there.